It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast. It's the NCAA Tournament Edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, and Local12 Digital Sports Columnist and Editor with Rick Brewing from Musketeer Report and our guy from Barstool Sports, Bobby Regan. Uh, Chad Brendel is on his way back from Memphis. I will do a phone podcast with him at some point tomorrow to discuss UC winning the uh, American Athletic Conference Tournament Championship and uh, their run in the NCAA Tournament. But, fo- fellas, um, they gave Coach Chad some net. They did give Coach Chad some net. I saw that <laughs> hanging on his ear. If you were going to take a, a, a hunk of net, you think you put it on your ear? I don't think I would take a hunk of net, first of all. <laughs> I think that's where we start that conversation. Riggs, my, what, what might you do with a hunk of net? I, I, You know what? I would put it like in my shirt, shirt collar, like some like a chain some chest hair like a chain, coming yeah, out, yeah, some chain, yeah, that's something like cool. that. I, I, Actually, put that. it on a chain, like a big gold rope chain, that's and just have net hanging out as like yeah. your medallion on the end. That'd be kind of cool. That would be kind of cool. Maybe, yeah, Chad, maybe, maybe get Chad it gold encrusted. Maybe Chad just didn't know what to do with that net. I'll ask him I think when I that was him. very clear. Yes. I mean, the, the <laughs> ear was probably not the best place to put said net. All right, the end tournament field was uh, was revealed and out, seeds and all of that. We've got a lot of ground to cover. I'll start with the simple question. Where did they get this right, and where did they maybe get it wrong, Riggs? I'll tell you what, I, I fought it earlier in the week, and the more I looked at it, the more right I think it is that the ACC got three number one seats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I fought that earlier in the week where it was just like, they need anarchy because Kentucky and Tennessee both had, I thought, a legit shot for a one seed. I thought Gonzaga has a legit shot for a one seed. And then I thought Michigan State or Michigan had an out, a chance. Mm. I did well, not. An, I anarchy did not. happened, I, I, though. Yeah, right, right. I, no, I, I did. I didn't think the Big Ten had a shot. I did think Kentucky played its way out losing to Tennessee. Yep. Tennessee played its way out by losing to Auburn, and hence it fell down to you look and go. All right, the three ACCs and the West Coast yeah. team. The way it played out, I thought it ended up being an easy call for who got the one seeds. Um, before Kentucky lost, I was thinking it was going to be interesting how they did it because I thought the three ACC teams were clearly deserving, but I couldn't see them You're, putting. But you had to put Kentucky, and if they won the SEC championship, I thought. And the tiebreaker beating North Carolina head to head. I think you Kentucky would have been the one Midwest if they won the yes. SEC. If, if they won the SEC, they're one Midwest. If they lose to Auburn in the SEC title game, one they're West. one West. Yeah, okay. I think that's fair, but I think the committee would have still wanted to put Gonzaga Out in there. two of the ACC teams. You know what I mean? I don't think they would have gone... To me, it was Kentucky or Gonzaga for that sort of last spot, and I wonder if the committee would have done that had Kentucky not lost. Well, that's what I mean. If, yeah, that's what he's... Yeah, if, I think it's, yeah. if Kentucky would have won the SEC, Carolina's one West. Like, Gonzaga falls to a two. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I wonder if the committee would have done that, because I agree oh, with yeah, you. Yeah. That's what should have happened, but I just felt like the committee, would they put ACC teams and Kentucky in there? If Because if... Why not? I mean, they, they showed, it, they're like, this year, they're not afraid to do kind of against the green whatever they kind of wanted. And I'm into that. Like, I thought that yeah. was right. I thought it was clear. Those three ACC teams deserved it. You Especially the way the week went. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, exactly. No, right. I mean, Kentucky going into the going into the Tennessee game was probably on the one line. Win a game and you're in. Win the game and you're in. You lose the game, you get bumped. Then Tennessee moves itself up, all right? Win the Auburn game, you're probably in. I can't definitively say, but I'll, I'll go probably in. You didn't, so you're off. Yep. That's that. You, had, you both had opportunities. And for Kentucky, when you look... They were probably the one seed where Carolina is the two seed, perhaps. So, however it worked out, it worked out. Carolina is the one seed. Kentucky's the two seed. They're in the same bracket anywhere, same region anyway. Well, the only thing that could have been interesting is then, how did, like, if you look at the after effects, would Auburn still be the five seed if Kentucky is the one there? Just yep, because of SEC. Yeah, yeah, because of like, yeah, but, yeah, So, that's the interesting yeah, thing. Yeah. Is then what all shifts with that? Because you're talking about, you know, maybe they move Marquette over and, and then we get Auburn versus John Moran or something like that. And, and now you have Marquette in that line. So, 
But I think they got it right. Like I, I know the moment Gonzaga lost on Monday, people started going, "No way, yeah, no they're way, the, one. they're not a one right. seed." And it's like, okay, they don't have the quad one wins. I get that. They're top five, top four in Ken Palm net every other metric. They pass the eye test. They have one of the three best wins of the season with Duke. Yep. I'm fine with them being a one seed. Like I, I'm, they looked apart. <laughs> I'm totally fine with them being a one seed. But I, but again, like had Kentucky won the SEC championship and then, then not I, been there, then sure, that then I don't a, feel like Gonzaga should have been because right. because I, I feel like that loss, even though it is the finals of the conference tournament, and even you can say like, oh come on, they let up, they won another team, they didn't care about yeah, winning no, that game. Need, I think and they needed help. They that, needed the help that, that happened for them. Yep. That may be all correct, but it's still, in my opinion, when you're splitting these hairs between these one seeds who have fantastic resumes, that's the worst loss out of any of the one seeds that they had. The most embarrassing loss to St. Mary's on a neutral like that in my opinion so I think it's the most inexcusable loss at that time of year so I would have had no problem dropping I don't know, North Carolina losing to Texas is pretty bad you're right but but either way I still I mean right. again the, the point still stands I think the way it played out with Kentucky losing in the semis it was like okay this is pretty easy now. yeah it was easy and I, I thought Michigan State did have a chance still but I think it just shows the Big Ten needs to move that game up right yeah uh, well, let's touch on that for a minute because you do have games that, that did conclude on Sunday Cincinnati's seed line didn't move. We all thought it was a seven going in, and I think you even tweeted out, maybe this moves them up if, if not for the Sunday final, and maybe it would have moved them up if not for the Sunday final. Do you, If you're these leagues, do you have to start looking and saying, let's just not have our finals on Sunday, just backload this and go get done on Saturday See, night? I do like the Sunday finals. I love them personally because it gives you a nice thing to watch. I wish every major conference finished on Sunday. So you had to, like, everyone was judged equally. Yep. You didn't get an extra day. Yep. That, I mean, that makes sense to me. Of course, it'd be real a lot, hard to move it all in. The, I think it's but, a lot of work but, for the committee to shut the drive at the, the last the second. The thing that matters are the top lines. So let's move. There's six Sunday games right now. Move the A-10 to Saturday. Move American to Saturday. And finish with Big East. SEC. SEC. Big 12. Big 12. ACC. Big 10. Pack or not? Even though it was a traditionally, it still yeah, has to be right, the pack, right? Yeah, because it's typically in Arizona, Oregon, Oregon, or UCLA going for one of those top. Yeah, top, yeah I haven't finished the number clock on a Saturday night to hell with the pack. <laughs> or your <laughs> right. way back to a Sunday, <laughs> <laughs> but at, at least five. At right, least have those right. those consistently the the top five conferences end on Sunday, and you can stagger it. Do you know eleven, twelve thirty, one thirty. Yeah, you have different, Two, three you have different ending times. times. Different yeah. ending times with plenty of time to spare. And then because then the committee does have to actually do contingency brackets. And then I think it's it would be a problem year one, and then I think it figures itself out after that. Yeah, a lot of people talk about do like the conference tournaments matter at all, or sometimes they do, sometimes they don't type deal. I think what we've seen over the years is if you're a team on the bubble going into your conference tournament. It can matter. Florida. I mean, like Florida is a great example. Well, there was like a like year Xavier where it looked like they were on the outside of the bubble going to the Big East tournament. They win two games and they moved up to like a nine or ten right. seed. And it's like clearly they moved up with their play at the Big East tournament. But I don't think there's a lot of movement if you're like if you're already in the tournament as a five or six seed, like you're pretty solidified. I don't think it well, doesn't seem like they pay much attention. The, the Big East was an example of that. I mean, Villanova, Marquette, right? Yep. I mean, Marquette's Very a five, weird. Nova's a six, and Nova wins the league, wins the league tournament. And still finishes as a six seed, and Marquette finishes as a five. And Seton so Hall still ends up as a ten, right? Yeah. After a good, great tournament run I, I in mean, the tournament, I thought Seton Hall was like a nine going Mo- into it, to an eight, maybe a ten going right. into it. They they get to the finals and lose by two. Now I guess it doesn't look that great because Nova's a six. Yeah, but the logic behind it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. 
Um, but at the same time, I guess it doesn't really bother me because I look at a team like Villanova and I'm like, well, you had some slip ups, especially early in the non conference. Like, like, it six, doesn't bother me that you're a Nova six. Nova's a six makes sense, but, but it doesn't make sense when you look at Marquette as yeah, a five. Exactly. It's, it's, just, a, it's like a couple years ago with um, Kentucky and Texas AM. When Kentucky beat them in the SEC title game, oh, yeah. and then AM was a three, Kentucky was a four. Cal right? loved that. But that was the one that like everyone just looked at. It was like, all right, well, this game literally didn't matter mm-hmm. because it, they only played once during the season at AM, which was that uh, that was a Isaac, technical foul game, right? Isaac Humphrey's yeah, technical yeah. foul game. And it's like, okay, well, you make up, you know, you have that. We always hear about during conference tournaments, like, did you revenge your regular season loss on a neutral court? Right. And that's what kind of when I look at like at Marquette and Nova, going, what else did Nova have to do? Mm-hmm. They won the big. I mean, they, to me, they made up for it's their probably, problem it, by you know, winning the Big East. Probably Nova's tradition probably hurt them a little bit. Lack of success that they've had lately in tournaments. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. could that have, could that they have, just don't have respect in March. <laughs> exactly. They don't have a name. There's no name yeah. brand with Villanova. Jay, Jay needs to prove himself. He still hasn't, hasn't proved he can win the big one. <laughs> exactly. I'll say, I, I, although if you're Nova, like, kind of like the way that bracket I fell for him. Love the way the <laughs> yeah, bracket kinda, fell for him. Kind of like the way the I'm, bracket fell for him. Well, and here's the thing. I, I mean, Bobby totally disagrees with me on this, but I'll, I'll never believe in Virginia until we see it. When you I, start, think I think they're much better, and their metrics are much better this year than they were this, last. Yeah, this is the best. The they tell me this every year. This and yet, is the best Virginia team by far. They've the, never had talent. Like they're they were so damn good. They got popped in their first game in the ACC tournament. La- it's March, baby. La- last last State. year, the offensive metrics did show that they were probably vulnerable. This year, they don't show that. I mean, their offensive metrics were what top ten in the country last year. No, nope. this is like only 30, the, this 30 is 30 only something. the second time ever under Tony Bennett they, he's had a top ten offense. Yeah, they were like thirty something in offensive metric. Yeah. Like, Man, Ken Palm they're, tip, they're typically like twenty five. When you play that slow, I just don't trust the metrics. I, I'm, I'm, I don't I, I, trust I'm the metrics. Bill, we slow it down like that. A Villanova 60, won it. A sixty possession game is not real basketball, and that's the reason I'm a little lower on Villanova this year than years past because I feel like they're playing too slow. But for their when they style. won a title, they did play. An incredibly slow pace. Yeah, the funny yeah, part I mean, is though on their side of the bracket, and I don't want to go all the way with this, but but we brought Virginia up, Gardner Webb, and then the Ole Miss Oklahoma winner. Neither one of those teams make me go. Uh, and the other side is Wisconsin, which wants to do yeah, what? Wisconsin wants to grind well, you out. I'm sure you, Kansas State. Kansas State wants to grind you out. And I mean, I'm the sure, same type teams. And I'm sure UMBC had you last year, just thinking, oh no, yeah, they're going to get problems. That's a, it, it, Look, look it, there's plenty of counterpoints to bring up about Virginia. I'll admit it's a it's a bias. It's, and a, it's, it's a single Rick Broing anti-Cavalier no, well, bias. It's oh, the, come on. It's the Villanova on, take from a few years back. Villanova will never win the big thing. Oh, I just No, no, but it was the same thing. People taught, said about Villanova. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can never win a title shooting this many threes at the college game. And yeah. then Villanova wins two out of three. Right, but their Virginia, style all is very different. But, but again, they were literally a crap-your-pants second half against a press-away from this being completely yep. irrelevant. Mm-hmm. From a team they beat twice during the regular season. Like, that's the beauty and the worst thing about the NCAA tournament is we base opinions around what happens historically in the NCAA tournament. It's the dumbest setting. It's the dumbest way to determine it. Oh, we've so, talked about that. Yeah, but it, but it's hilarious. Like Every year we, we get caught up still doing it. And Virginia's like right now the prototypical team about that. I don't think you're wrong about that. I'll still wait to see it. Like, oh, I, there's fair. no chance that, that, in hell I'm picking fair. them to win that. My bracket. pen will be shaking as I put them out probably to the Elite Eight. <laughs> I'm going to have them winning the thing. What am I doing again? I'll do like 20 brackets and I'll have one, two of them winning. I'll go, I had Arizona in the title game the last two years. Like I'm used to like failing miserably exactly. with one team. Um, yeah. I, I did ask the other part of the question. Where did the committee get it wrong, maybe? Washington I, I, is not, a nine. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's my biggest problem. Why is Washington a nine? Yeah. They didn't. They don't have one win. They lost to Cal, which is a terrible, terrible loss. Terrible. They struggled down the stretch. They didn't win the conference tournament. They lost 
Two out of three to, to Oregon. Is it just like a feeling of, well, that's a major conference. We got to. They won and they like, won the regular season. Right. There's got to be something. And, and I get like, yes, I test like Washington does kind of look the part of like a nine seed. Like they they look like one of the 36 best They're teams good in the enough to be in. Yeah. Right. But, it but when you're no looking sense. at the resume, like, are they better than Seton Hall? Resume wise, I don't That's see what I'm it. Saying. Like, yeah, I why don't is see it. Seton Hall at ten going up against probably the best seven seed, like maybe the most interesting seven seed in Wofford. Right. Yeah. So that that one kind of blew my mind. Right? No. So Washington is a nine and VCU is an eight. Those two didn't make any sense to me because VCU, you say injuries matter. Is Marcus Evans coming back? Because that injury didn't look good. He did look bad. Right. Well, and I think the other thing you're seeing with. Um, especially VCU being one of the teams, is that the biggest issue this is going to cause is what we were kind of talking about a few weeks ago when we were talking about the bubble and whether it's bad or good or deep or not or whatever. You're They're encouraging teams, and a lot of fans want it to be this way, encouraging teams to play weaker schedules because VCU basically got rewarded for just piling up wins and not losses without playing a strong non-conference schedule. Yeah, but you can say that about NC State and they didn't get in. NC State, I think you would at least argue, at least argue, had more chances to get some of those wins. They went 500 in the ACC. Like you go 500 in the best. But the argument for NC State is is um, just it's it's one the the overall record and then the lack right. of like a big big win. Right? right. I mean their resume just wasn't that great to begin right. with. Right. I think so the, it, like, the, other, the other thing though, and even though we call these mid majors. Maybe they look at the A10 champion and say, "Look, got to take them." Maybe you look at the Pac Pac12 champion and go, "Got to take them." Now, maybe not seat them that high. Maybe make them be the play-in game. That was the, the thing. Like, I games. thought, like again, you look at Seton Hall's a ten versus VCU is an eight. Like that just didn't make any sense. Seton Hall would be favored on a neutral court by five points in Florida. Right, right. Like that, that, that's the simple fact of the matter is when we start talking still at this point. Yeah, well, and that's that's the thing. Like, d- why doesn't the committee use, use that as part of the selection process when they start getting down to the nitty gritty? Why don't they look at okay? Call let's call up stats. LLC or whatever because they like, do. I mean, they, they have power rank. I mean, that's yeah. how they, they do the lines. Call William, like, yeah, call William Hill. Call right. Caesars. Whatever. Yeah, and just be like, who's who would be favored on a neutral court between these two teams? Have Vegas send your one? Have them send the one sixty eight based on betting. I'd be totally fine with that. And use that as as a tool along with everything else. I, I think I there's got to be a way to incorporate that in because that's clearly the best metric we have. It's, people scream about bias. Like you can bring up even Ken Palm. Like yes, there are no biases there, but there are like kind of favored teams just based. You on You can efficiency. manipulate it a little bit. Vegas has no buy. Like Vegas doesn't have bias. No, Vegas yeah. sets a number. That's right. Vegas, yeah. Vegas sets the number, and you can bet either side of that number if you so desire. Yeah. No, the only thing about Vegas with the the line is like they're doing it to get people to bet the right, line right, a correct. little bit. So that makes it like a little more or less like they're not. But they can who sit there win. and use a tool of here's our one to sixty eight of odds to win the title, right? Or yeah, yeah, odds to win the title, and they don't have to share it publicly. But here is to you committee. William Hills or Caesars or whatever, one to sixty-eight. How about this new one? We'll have net plus consensus plus, plus, plus the Vegas consensus. <laughs> I, like, I don't hate that idea at all. I, I didn't. I, you know what? I, the net. I didn't have a problem with it. No, I think it worked out fine. I did too. And I think what you saw is it's not uh, like again. People always make it. They made it the same way with the RPI as like they're going to take the actual rankings and one through sixty one yeah. and, and like make that as like it right, matters. Right. That's not what they it's do with tool. those. It's just a tool to group the teams in the quadrants when they're going like okay, you're X 
X and X against top or uh, yep. quadrant one teams and quadrant. They used to do it top twenty five, top fifty, top seventy five when it was RPI. Yeah, now just, they changed the quadrants, but it's just a grouping tool. Yeah, and it's just not outdated like RPI was. Yeah, it it did a better job than the RPI. By the way, it was better than the yeah, RPI. It matched up. I saw a stat. I forget what it was exactly, but it matched up towards Ken Palm. It, it's essentially said it's like a cousin of Ken Palm. Mm-hmm. And there was only like one team with more than like a ten point or ten, ten, line, ten difference. line difference or something like that. So it matched up like what you would expect from a a measuring tool, right? Something that was factoring in point or point differential, you know, scoring margin and efficiencies, and that's right. what it was supposed to do. I think it did a pretty good job of that. The only thing we might have seen is that it may have actually, which I think some people like, favored some of the uh, mid to lower major schools a little bit more. Yeah, I think some of them were slightly higher than that than they were in Ken Palm. I. I'll say this, like, you brought up mid-majors, and I'm glad you did. I love mid-majors. I'm sick of mid-majors because of this year. I'm so sick of the mid-major. Me too. Because even on the way down today, I I was listening to sports radio, which I try not to do a whole lot because I don't like my opinions. You're biased, right. Yeah. I I don't like it, especially right after something happens. I try to not listen to it right away because I don't want my my thoughts persuaded one way. Yeah. And I heard Billis bring it up, and I actually said the same yeah, thing. Yeah, go ahead and before. say what he said because he, he he said yeah. the problem with mid major or with mid majors, it's you're not it's not Seton Hall that costs you a bid. It's Prairie View A and M. Yep, and he used them specifically. And, and people were yelling about that, and I went, I wrote four thousand words about the same thing because he's right, one hundred percent. Because every team has the same chance to make the NCAA tournament. You win your automatic bid. And you know who the problem is? It's mid-major conferences who don't reward teams who do well in the regular season. Host, let If you really want to send your best team to the NCAA tournament and get all that revenue sharing, give them buys to the semifinals or give them buys to the final. Yeah, well, and we you, talked you about and I talked the Horizon about, League all year because the Horizon League has struggled with that so much the last three years. They at, at least they're did, trying to adapt. They, well, they, they did, and, and they, they did. got it right. That's this what I'm saying. They, they've tried to adapt. They, they, they went first round home sides. games, yeah. the four, and the four top four seeds all won their yep. home games. At the very least, you were going to get a very top four least, team. You're going to get two of those four to win a home game. I mean, right? which at is the very least. And and granted, I love it because it mean meant NKU ended up going to the NCAA tournament three years ago, but. What happened was an eight seed got an upset, a six seed got an upset to start the it tournament. Happened every year, like it was always, especially the Horizon. Like, yeah, it was always Motor City Madness because like Youngstown State won, won a couple two, what, two years ago. And NKU played Youngstown State yeah. in that finals. Didn't yes, they? correct. That's when they right. won and yeah. got to the tournament, so it's like, yeah, it was. That is the issue: is teams not figuring out how to reward. It. And I don't even care if you want to say as a conference we're going back to rewarding our regular season champion and not have it. I'm totally fine with them doing that. Now, the I only love- problem is you have to play a true round robin then. Yes, and the horizon totally does. Agree. And the horizon totally does. Agree but that. and I agree with that. But too. I think yeah. every conference should do that. I, I hate I agree. schedules. I, I I agree. But that's when where the beauty of the conference tournament comes into play because then at least it kind of makes up for the inequity. The inaccurate. Yeah. I mean, I, I told Rick, uh, Florida. If you looked at what Florida had to play in the SEC compared to some of the others, they would they love played to play the American East. Gauntlet. They played a <laughs> gauntlet in that league. I mean, well, and the other problem you get into is some of these things aren't exactly equal either with the conference tournaments. Like Memphis is playing on their home floor yeah. next year. Horizon League is moving it to IUPUI's home floor. Like those things aren't equal too. So like I get what you're saying that it evens it up somewhat, but I'd much rather well, have the round robin because that's the, fair. A lot of the lesser leagues do do a nice job though. At least that the, the winner hosts. In, in, in a lot of those sort they of should. Like, some they of the should. smallest but I mean some of those like real mid-major that has contenders like they we're go, talking about yeah I'm to going to smaller like, you know Vermont won on its home floor yep, Liberty right. actually won on Lipscomb's home floor but Lipscomb earned the home Lipscomb game Lipscomb was the one seed and yeah. yeah you had a chance to win on your home floor I, I do like that part of it now I want to be clear 
I think people are taking what Bill has said, and I know, and, and I'm not taking what you said either of saying, well, the, the Prairie Views and, and these teams from lower leagues, they don't deserve to be in at all. You're right, not saying but, that, right? Well, it de- I mean, it depends how you look at the NCAA tournament. If you're looking for the best 68 teams, oh, you're then not no. getting that. We all right. agree they're not. You're but not then, getting that. Why do we limit that then to the at large or like the bottom of the at largest? Because that's essentially what we end up arguing is yeah. for these last five spots. Well, who are the best teams versus best resumes versus whatever? We don't do that for any other spot in the NCAA tournament. So he's right. Like there would be more spots if it was just the 68 best teams. Like like every other sport, it's your best teams. Right. It's playoffs. It's these eight best teams from the from the but NBA Eastern Conference. But I think the beauty of the NCAA tournament are these one big and big I agree. League and and I that, think that's what makes it cool. And that is, but. That's why I think it's dumb to complain about mid majors because they don't they do get it about not getting multiple bids. They do get a fair right. shake. You win the conference tournament like every other conference in America. You're in. Well, so I mean that that would be my argument for an Indiana. Look, you had multiple chances. I you you yep. had chances in the conference season. You had chances here. You had chances in your tournament. I, eventually, you run out of chances, man. I can't give you fifty thousand of them. I gave you five. I, I made the and I use them as example. No, you know no, what I'm saying? No, I think Indiana's the perfect example of all this. And and like I said before, when everyone was like getting all mad about it, I was like, I'm not saying Indiana deserves to be in. Right. I'm just saying because we're considering them doesn't make the bubble terrible. Because if you put them in the AAC, they're much better than Central Florida and Memphis and yeah. Temple that were on the bubble. They're probably it, the two. They might be the like the, the two one or the two. Yeah. yeah, I mean like they're they're not as good as Houston, but like they're competitive with UC. Yep. So they're right there. You know, I mean, I just. I don't like people get so worked up about those last few teams, and I totally agree. Those aren't the teams that matter. Like, no. if you're arguing about that, you don't deserve to be in. Right. And, and it, it comes down to splitting hairs at that point where, yes, all you have to do is win a couple of games here or there or win your conference tournament, like 32 teams get do in. Do a little more. <laughs> it, yeah. It's just, it, it, I, I, I use this comparison all year where it's almost like politics now with mid majors, right? Like, you're. All in or Democrat, you're on, yes. Democrat, yeah. Republican, don't see the other side. Yeah, you're all in mid-majors or you're this anti-mid-majors. Year, more than, ever, than any other, it felt the same with mid-majors. You're either, well, we need more mid-majors or we need no mid-majors. And it's like, okay, you can't do that. You have to go case-by-case basis and, and truly evaluate fairly resumes. Like, yeah. use all the tools available. And if hey, UNC Greensboro deserved to get in, then UNC Greensboro would have deserved to get in. And Ohio Valley got Belmont. Belmont deserved to get in. Wofford deserved, I think, maybe seven's a little high, but they deserved yeah, at least in that was, mix. I yeah, thought I'm that not, was right, too. And I'm not like, splitting yeah. hairs with that. I'm just right, saying, yeah, it's right. right in probably that area. So I thought they got enough love. And I think this was a terrible year to be arguing about mid-majors getting consideration because there were a lot of mid-majors on the bubble, and we got a few in with decent yeah, seeds. Correct. Like, I don't think they were and, – and, and granted, I think that was more so because, like, the Pac-12 was so bad Pac-12 and the Big bad. East was very limited this year. A-10 was down yeah like there were conferences that were down and i think the a10 may be trending that way in general just because the way the conference is gone like no the a10 is gonna be weird it is but i like i think two three is probably more the expectation now than them being like four to six but this was one this year until vcu lost right um but yeah like i mean i just think people argue about the wrong things and in doing so when they start arguing for the mid-major small schools to get those last the 11 seeds the 12 seeds what they're really saying is we don't want to reward teams for playing a tough schedule anymore and that's the danger of you're going to get the same problem you have in college football where the top teams are not incentivized to play a tough non-conference schedule if they're going to have to go into their conference the big 10 the big east the acc the sec and play an 18 to 20 game schedule where it's just a gauntlet you're not going to Take the Correct. losses in the non-conference. Th- those, those upper-tier college football teams will play one difficult game outside, 
two or three cupcakes, and then usually your conference schedule is a gauntlet. Because there's no reward for losing games. But I I did think this also showed with NC State not being in and really not on the bubble. They weren't one of the first three teams out. Gauntlet schedule, or gauntlet conference schedule. They played Wisconsin in the non-conference. They played... In the challenge, yeah. Wisconsin, they played Penn State, and they played somebody else. They had like... They had another uh, decent enough win. But then they played a bunch of nobody, and their non-conference strength schedule was weak. So they weren't rewarded for that. But I, it, it, You're it, right, but there's always an exception. I think with them, like they're an exception in that way. But again, the rest of their resume really doesn't stack up. Like I think St. John's is in the same boat, and they got in when it's like, man. Yeah, you start but, looking at St. John's, it's like they didn't really play a whole lot of teams I think in that, non-conference. I, I think that it'll be – I think it'll show that you have to schedule at least okay. You can't schedule garbage. You have to schedule okay to to get to the gauntlet. Man, I, like I mean, I honestly just don't know. Especially like if you're in the Big Ten and you're gonna have just a twenty, you're gonna have 10, 10 to twelve opportunities for quad one wins, if not. More. I just don't know that you want to take the chance on piling up two or three losses in the non conference now when you know you're gonna rack up as, a, as unless you're like an elite team. If you're a three to seven seed in the Big East tournament at the end of the year, you better not have three or four non conference losses. It'll be interesting because I think I, I think this year we actually people got rewarded for a good scheduling tough. Yeah, I, I think they did get rewarded for, outside. Of, like I think to me, St. John's is the aberration. All right, Man, uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to look at some of them more. Like, like it's interesting because again, I don't think there are many complaints. Right. Really, that's the thing. I don't think they got it wrong. No, I think they no. Got there's it right. been years where you can look at three and five teams that have some arguments and they're probably legit arguments. I, I this year it's seceding. Yeah, yeah, I, I just and it's not even that bad. Yeah. I just don't have a big issue with it. I have more of an issue of what people are arguing for. Yeah, you know, like I think the committee is doing the right thing. And they've figured it out pretty well so far. All right, let's look at uh, area teams. We'll start with UC, which got a seven seed. We'll take on Iowa uh, in a first round game in Columbus. They at least gave them um, location. Uh, they, they gave them a chance to not have to go out to Spokane or Salt Lake or wherever they've shipped them to. Um, I, you know, a, a seven seed feels right, but, you know, I, I would say I guess a seven seed feels right, yes? Well, I thought they were a seven seed probably going into the AAC tournament, and, it, um, and I didn't think they could probably pay, play their way up much unless they dominated Houston in the finals. They dominated Houston in the finals, so it I matter. would have probably moved them up to a six. But I think I, they needed the Temple win, too. That may be fair, but the thing about it is, it doesn't matter because even you'd rather be this seven seed yep. in Columbus yes. with the draw you got yes. than with Iowa than being a six seed. Because if you're a six seed, if you're a six seed, you've got you're six, looking you're not you're, Mary's, not you're yeah. not jumping Nova, right? You're not jumping Iowa State. Maybe Buffalo is probably or Maryland. So you're getting Mar- Maryland would probably be the one, right? I mean, they kind of maybe finished, maybe out. maybe Buffalo. Yeah. So you're getting. Well, he was fussing about a six seed too. He thought he should have been high, seated higher. Nate Oates. So I, I mean, well, of course. <laughs> yeah, but I could see the committee also. Yeah. Just no, no. Yeah. Going back to that. So you're, so you're looking over there. Okay, you're you're getting one of the playing games, I guess. So let's say let's say you get Buffalo. You're getting Arizona State or St. John's. Then you get Texas Tech, and you're out in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think I would take this one, even though Tennessee would, would be the second round that. opponent. But we, Tennessee's beatable. Like, and they're the exact type of team UC wants to play. Yeah. Tennessee is going to try to out-tough you, be physical, beat you by driving and getting in the lane and rebounding. Quick and like, point guard. Yeah, like UC is pretty good at defending that type of stuff and combating it. We saw between uh, – there's two ways to beat to beat Tennessee. We saw what Kentucky did where – They they punked. They, Reed they, Travis is, in, is able to use his, his leverage right. and, bull, and bully Grant Williams. The second way is Auburn just where you just have out. a bunch of athletes. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati is more Kentucky style in the post of 
Okay, come. We'll make it physical as hell in here. Yeah. Now, I like Tennessee's guards better, but... I, I think Jordan Bones is the most underrated point guard I, in the country. I think but. he's going to explode in this tournament if they make any type of yeah, run. I agree. I think they have a great chance to make a great run. I, I, that, that, of all the regions, to me, is the one where I... I it, it, that's the that's the lesser of the regions for me. There's, South, there's, I agree. I think that's the weakest of the four. Well, and especially when you look at their pod that they have. I mean, Villanova... I mean, I don't think anyone believes Purdue's the best team no, in that pod. It's, so. it's crazy. Like, you can make a case for... Purdue with Carson Edwards. You can make a case for Villanova, just the fact that they could hit 13, 14 threes in a game. And, and, and you got a handful of dudes that have been there. there. And, they, and, yeah. they, and they're hot. You know, they're coming, they're, off playing of, well. yeah. they're coming off of winning the Big East tournament. You can make a case for Cincinnati. You can make a case for Tennessee. And you can even say, we've seen Iowa get hot for a few games. Like, they could... In that if Iowa came yeah. out of that little pod, I like I'd be so the McCaffrey so, family loses their mind about midway through the first right, half, yeah. and they all go crazy. I'd be, I'd and it's be anarchy. Sh- I'd be shocked, but I wouldn't be like there was no chance the craziest thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Let's move on to uh, to Kentucky. They got the two seed in the same region, the Midwest region. That Carolina is the one seed, and it pretty much felt like when you saw Carolina on the board that that was the direction it was going to go in. Um, Kentucky's in a in a pod where. I think Houston could be interesting for them, and I'm not sure who else getting to the Elite Eight makes it interesting for them. Iowa State. I think Iowa State. Do you? Iowa State beats Houston. I can't quit Iowa State. I I was high on Iowa State coming into the year. Iowa State has... Playing great. And they have the perfect roster set up where they're positionless. They have... Yeah, play four guards and a... really good players. They, they, They... the thing is, we just don't know if they like each other. Like, there was a, the rumor of them fighting each other in practice. It seems like a very fragile situation. Yeah, but, <laughs> right, but, but guess what? Winning, but winning, winning cures all. Yeah, absolutely. If, if you get on a roll, that team's dangerous as hell. And that's why I think they and they match up well with Houston with the multi-guard set kind of. And Iowa State's a lot better defensively this year. I, I actually like Iowa State to come out of that Tulsa pod. But, yeah, I think Kentucky, like, A, it's March, so of course they're in the North Carolina bracket. It's an open bracket, though. Like it's it's, it's an interesting one. Well, Auburn, Auburn is the five in that bracket. Can, can they make noise? Because I mean, they made noise early in the year, went through the lull, well, made noise in the could, SEC tournament. But do you, I don't, that's the thing. Do you know what team shows up? I don't like Kansas. Yeah. I don't either. And, and, and I mean, they've got obviously injury trouble, but it, just in general, they're not playing well. No. And in terms of how they match up with Auburn, Auburn's speed and their style is going to give Kansas some trouble. I've been high on Auburn all year. I know you. I'm playing their best ball yeah. now, so I'm definitely not going to get out on. No, and it's, in Salt, I, like, and it's in Salt Lake City, so it's not like it's down the road for Kansas. Good point. Right. Um, I, yeah, I think. I, I think Auburn could really right, make so let, some noise. Let's and, take and them honestly, out to Carolina. Let's take them out to meeting Carolina I, in the, in the Sweet I like 16. Carolina better. I will definitely pick Carolina to win that game, but they can give Carolina it's, trouble. They love that style. I would say it, it's a very similar type type setup, type type game. I mean, obviously the one difference is Carolina likes to play the two bigs, yep. but I'll tell you what, the way Okiki plays, and then you throw out like a, Har- you know, a Harper versus Kobe White, that game will have 300 possessions. Auburn is... So much fun and so dangerous because they can they can legitimately like and start sh- coach. shooting like the Warriors. I mean, when they get going, yeah. they just boom, 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 what was boom. Forty threes attempted today. Yeah, and I mean they were shooting like over fifty percent for most of the game from three. So it's just like, what do you do with that, right? But at the same time, they can't get a defensive rebound and they foul too much when it matters. So it's but like they also force a million turnovers. They do, and if they turn you over, that's great. Yeah. But you mentioned, um, you know, they're going to face the bigs here, and it's like, how how do they hold those? But guys Austin Wiley has now come back. Like they did, and it. he looked good in the tournament, and, and he didn't. But they. They beat Tennessee, and Tennessee relies on their big. So That's it's true. like they, they showed that they can win that type of game of, hey, you want to throw into the post and play through through mid-post, high-post, low-post, whatever, fine, we'll, we'll, we'll answer. 
I, I think um, that was a big win for them, them proving that they weren't going to get punked by a team yep. like Tennessee because they needed to show that. And that yeah. it wasn't just a home court win at the end of the year type deal. With them. Yeah, the other thing for Tennessee, though, is that, that semifinal win, I think, for them. Oh, they blew their load. Exactly. Yeah. They, but, yeah I mean, and I'm not taking anything away from Auburn because once you saw Auburn early in the year and you saw what they were at the end of the year, you went, right, that's the team I remember. That's the team that's capable of beating anybody on any given night. And we've also seen that's a team that can lose. Who they got? They, they've got New Mexico State. I don't know anything about New Mexico State. Who New knows? Mexico State almost beat Kansas yeah, early in the year. Yeah. yeah, that's a good call. And I think, uh, is that where Carlton Bragg is? Or no, he's at New Mexico. Yeah. So, it, but it's one of those, like, I, I didn't think Tennessee blew their load against Kentucky. Well, I just thought I think emotionally. I think I just think it's so emotional. This for year's them. team with all those seniors and the historic year, and and we have to go win. They didn't win the SEC regular season. They had a chance, and they didn't win the SEC the last, tournament. The last game of the year. Yep. It, to me, the, that's the same team. Tennessee's the one team that almost more than anyone else in the country should have been up for that game today, which I, I think says more about Auburn. I don't disagree with you there. They ran into a buzzsaw with Auburn's yeah. threes. I yep. mean, they, that I don't know if they had a chance regardless of if they played well or not just because of the way Auburn was shooting. But I do – I mean, like, even even if it wasn't that, like, from an emotional standpoint, just the way they shot against right. Kentucky, it's like they're not going to get that shooting performance no. again. You know, like, they're just not that good of a shooting team. I, but to, to Kentucky, and, and we said this earlier – that second round matchup scares the heck out of me. It should because can, you mentioned uh, we were doing sports authority that Kentucky has had issues this year, and we even saw it in the Tennessee game. And I don't think it was all because of bad defense, but when you give teams open looks early in the game and they want to shoot threes, that usually gives them confidence. Yeah. And Kentucky has a bad uh, history of this year of doing that. It's and Wofford. I mean, four guys that shoot over forty percent, including the best shooter in the country in Fletcher McGee. Do they scare you more than Seton Hall? I mean, because you got the Miles, you got Miles Powell, who's maybe the best tough shot maker, versus and Seton Hall with a win over Kentucky, a really good tough shot maker, and then four other shooters with him. And the fact that Seton Hall, but Seton Hall has already beat Kentucky. Yeah, they got the confidence. Yeah, Wofford. I will say this: Wofford's terrifying. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. They won at Carolina with essentially the same group last year. This year, though, yes, they dominated the SoCon. Good, good team. They didn't have a notable non-conference win. Their, their notable non-conference win was by 20 at South Carolina. Can Kentucky kind of just, okay, we have P.J. Washington. We have Keldon Johnson. We have Tyler Hero. We let's have better roll, dudes. Let's roll the ball out and play yeah. then. Both those teams terrify me. P.J. PJ Washington and Reed Travis will give both of those teams trouble, regardless of Seton Hall or Wofford. I think the fact that Travis is back, even if he's he, – and he looked 100% healthy, and I'm not the biggest Reed Travis fan, but the fact that there's that added depth now where, okay, wa- let's say Washington picks up two fouls. Okay, you still have – you don't have to worry about playing Richards and Montgomery heavy, heavy minutes. You can you have that senior in Travis going, okay, we can still kind of rotate three bigs. We can we can leave Washington out or bring him back in if need be, depending on the games going like we saw against Tennessee. But uh I'll tell you what, like that bracket I wish I wish they were almost in Carolina spot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't blame you <laughs> like, there. I actually I, I I'd rather play Utah I State really Washington wish, if I'm UK. I agree. And and then I'd rather have Kansas and Auburn. That's fair. All right, let's move to NKU. Uh, after the Horizon League, it felt like they were going to be a 14 seed. I never thought they'd slip to a 15, never thought they'd work their way up to a 13. So my daughter is an NKU alum. She said, who are they going to face? I said, they, I said, one of three teams. I said, it's either going to be LSU, Texas Tech, um, and, and who else I threw? I, threw another, I didn't throw Purdue out there, but I had three of the three seeds. I said, for me, your best bet is Texas Tech. And I know, I know they're really good, but they are metrically – 
kind of like Virginia was last year. Really good defensively and okay offensively, but not elite offensively. And, 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 and I think I think it gives NKU a puncher's chance. They've been playing better offensively, so that's They were elite offensively the last six weeks. but yeah. Until West Virginia. Yeah, yeah but, but, <laughs> so, but, but even before that, they were average offensively. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. It's what Texas Tech right. shows up. Yeah, I, I think the good thing and why you're okay with this matchup if you're NKU is that as an underdog, um, again, we're go- kind of going back to the Virginia conversation here, though. You want a team that's going to keep possessions low, going that's not going to shoot a bunch of threes like Auburn will, and where they'll just run you out of the gym in the first 10 minutes where you don't have a chance. Like, Texas Tech will keep you in the game for a little bit to at least feel your way out. Now, granted, they're like a better UC, and we saw what happened to NKU when they went to UC. They couldn't score on them. They had no chance, especially inside. Is that the game Jalen Tate was hurt, though? Uh, Jalen Tate was hurt for that game, yeah. which definitely made a big difference. Yeah. But, again... Uh, Texas Tech is really good. Defensively, they are dominant. Yeah. They're physical. What, first or second in Ken Palm, right? I mean, they're, yeah, they're for, up first right now. Yeah. Defensively. I think they're, I think yeah. they're first. Yeah, they're number one yeah. defensively. Um, but offensively, they don't have dominant post play. They have Tarek Owens, the former St. John's, uh, yeah. this kind of long, lean rebounder defender. He can score a little bit, but it's more off like dives to the rim and dump offs. He's not going to, they're not going to throw Offensive it. Offensive rebounds. Yeah, they're not going to throw it into the post for him and let him nope. post Drew up and dominate Drew inside or anything. So NKU can kind of do what they want with their front court in terms of personnel, which is great for them. They want to be flexible there. And then and the other side of, of it is um, just that Texas Tech, they don't shoot a ton of threes. They have a couple guys that can shoot a little bit, but they want to drive you. And NKU has Jalen Tate, who is a high major athlete. They have Trayvon Faulkner, who is a high major athlete, defending at the guard positions and on the wing. They have some physicality there. Now, can they stop Texas Tech? I don't know. Probably not. I would say the problem with that is while they – I agree. I, I love this Northern Kentucky team. Jared Culver is a top five NBA talent. Without question. So I mean, it's like – Look, Someone's going to have to try to guard him. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, but if, if you were looking for bad options, it, it, this was the best bad option. It is interesting. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, you're, it's you're up there, a, yeah. You're, you're a 14 seed. You ain't getting great options here. I'm <laughs> right. trying to get the lesser of the great Who, options. It, it, looking at all the worst the, part is I'm crapping on Texas Tech a little bit when they are a good team. They've had a good year. They were an Elite Eight team last year yeah. and have a great chance out of this bracket to maybe do some damage again. I, I think they have one of the 10 best coaches in the country in Chris Beard. And it, it, I, I agree, though. Just because we have seen Texas Tech's offense – Go stagnant, right? Yeah, it, but then we saw six weeks of greatness. But again, like you're relying on Matt Mooney and uh, Davide Moretti, Texas Tech guards, to hit shots, and then you can say, "Hey, okay, we'll put Tate on Culver or focus in on on Culver." Let's force someone else to win this game for for Texas Tech. Yeah, I mean, like let's let's face it. I mean, you're never pulling off this upset if like someone doesn't get in foul trouble or one out of angle. one out of fifty chance. Yeah, so it's like yes, they're not going to stop Culver. Right. But what if he picks up three fouls early or something? Tweaks an ankle. Tweaks an ankle. Yeah. Right. Like now, all of a sudden, it's the it's the type of matchup that gives you a chance. Um, I wouldn't want Purdue. Purdue would have been the other one that I probably would have argued. Yes. Because I think I think they're worse than Texas Tech for sure. Yes. But having a seven three guy in the post just like we see, even when they're not good in the Horizon League, what six eleven, seven foot type guys does to NKU because they want to play Drew at center a lot, and he's probably more like six six than he is that six seven or six eight that they list him at. So a seven three guy, it's like if if that guy ends up scoring sixteen points when he normally averages eight, right? You're screwed. I'd still I I would have t- looking at all those three seeds. I would have yeah, rather had yeah. Purdue. I will say that 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 bracket that we're talking about with the, that has Texas Tech and NKU, I love it because I think Buffalo was really good. They're legit. Nevada still. I know they kind of slept walk for times through this year, the but they still got the top same. 10 I know as a, as they still got the same yeah. dudes, and they're still twenty nine and four. I like Michigan. I even I like the way Florida started to play. As I yep. mentioned, you look at their record; it sucks. But 
Man, they had to play Kentucky twice and LSU twice and Auburn twice. They played all the good teams in the SEC twice. And I'll tell you that. Then you look elsewhere. Playing game: St. John's, Shamori Ponds, one of the one of the oh. best individual talents in the country. Vermont, one of the best and most consistent mid majors. We they can win a, a, a game. Marcus Howard versus John Morant, Syracuse Baylor, both of those zones. Gonzaga, it's it, Florida State. I mean, Florida State was beating Duke until the last yes. uh, until yes. Zion went Zion, and and Trey Jones had played a really good game. Uh- can I, can I ask you something there? You, you mentioned Syracuse. What do you think about a Syracuse-Gonzaga second-round matchup? How do you think that plays out? I think Gonzaga can easily shoot out of that zone. That, I, that's what was my take, too. Plus, they have they have other guys. Like, yeah. Gonzaga isn't just a shooting team, so it's like... You can flash you can flash Rui into the middle of that zone. You've got the athleticism then, inside yeah. to still to work them, and too. And you have Norvell and on the wing. I, I, well, here's what's going to happen, because I, I can tell you, I could make a case for writing down seven or eight teams to go all the way out yeah. to, to the final four out of this, and this will be the one where Gonzaga shows that it is an elite team, and it's the one that goes to the right. final yeah. four, and it craps all over me because I've made, made other choices to go, this is just too wide open of a, of a bracket. Well, what I'm almost laughing at is last year, this was the same. Like I remember having the same discussion about going, Gonzaga, uh, about this this bottom left bracket. Michigan was the three seed in this bottom. Oh left yeah, bracket. that's right. Now they're the two seed, and it's like we're still kind of overlooking them. Right. If they got to the, I mean, they were no, they were shocking at all. They were one of the four best teams in the country for what seven weeks. Mm-hmm. And I think we, uh, I think we've undervalued a lot of the Big Ten, even though it's like they've got tons of teams in. They're all highly rated. Like I think we've kind of knocked the top teams of the Big Ten down a peg because of the gauntlet they. Because I, I don't know if any are going to make the Sweet Sixteen. Like you could tell me, no Big Ten teams make the Sweet Correct. Sixteen, and, and you I can won't tell me if you make the Final Four. Right, or, or I, the same thing. You I think tell me a lot of people feel that way right now. That a yeah. lot of them could not make the Sweet Sixteen. I feel like that's probably not true. Like I feel like one of these Big Ten teams are probably going to do really well. Well, you could have like Michigan State versus Minnesota in the second round, so one has to get through. <laughs> Fair point, <laughs> but I, I, but it is like because it is. Well, you look at the top of the Big Ten. No one felt like a true title contender. You can say Michigan State, but they're just so hurt. Like, yeah, that's the problem. When you know when when they're yes, they beat Michigan. Michigan's so bad offensively right, right now, though. But it's Michigan State was the only team that was going to be elite in that conference. Or Michigan, if, hit them. or if Michigan figured out offense. True, but that didn't happen. No. Right, let's go to the East where you just brought up Michigan State as a two seed. Duke is, of course, the one one seed there. By the way, don't tell me the NCAA doesn't know what it's doing on occasion with Louisville and Minnesota. Come they on. They're come too on. dumb. Come on. They're too come dumb. On. No, is no. That, is that, no, come on. Now. I, that, we, that's a troll move. Me, so you got I, I've had conversation with, with one of my friends for, about, all, for years about this, and we've come to the conclusion the committee is way too dumb to do this. Well, there are a lot of, well. and, and let's face it, there are a lot of coincidences. There There's are. a lot of ties, like, no matter yeah. how you slice this. But that just seems too it's, seems too perfect, it's, man. It is perfect, and it's I I tweeted out it's like it's too, it's almost too perfect, and it, that's why it makes it hilarious. Like I I want Patino to show up to that game so bad. <laughs> well, wow. They said on the broadcast they were making jokes about it after they showed that matchup that Rick Patino is going to be at Minnesota in the offices sleeping there all week trying to come up with a game plan. I tell you what, Richard's going to need it because yes. him yeah. versus Chris Mack in a one-on-one game, those teams might not be a ton different. But Chris Mack versus Richard Patino is a huge mismatch. Uh, yeah, and in fairness to Patino, that's the case for a lot of people versus Chris Mack yes. in, in <laughs> the NCAA tournament. Probably true. Yeah, um, is that is that East? Is it still the Duke Invitational? Or yes. I mean, is there? Yeah. It, it would be hard for me to write anybody out of that bracket other than them getting to the Final Four. Yeah, I don't think it doesn't I, happen, but I, it'd be really hard for me to to do that. I mean, the thing is, it's a one game scenario, so we could easily see Duke 
just have a bad shooting night. Yeah, but or, but, but I got to get to the sweet. I, I, no, I almost got to get to the elite eight before I go. I, somebody's going to challenge them. Virginia I guess, Tech could I guess challenge they could because they're getting what they're getting. The they Robinson, Robinson back. Yeah. Virginia Tech could challenge them. You know, I don't. I don't see Mississippi State challenge them. I don't see VCU or UCF challenging them. Like. Taco Fall is going to have to try to guard Zion. Good luck with that. He'll go right <laughs> through. He may, that was really fun. How, how about if Taco tries to challenge him at the rim? How far do you think he takes him back into the station? Would, is that the one thing that would set Twitter ablaze? Man, that's, I, that's Taco blocking or him dunking? Him dunking on Taco. Yeah. The John Morant Marcus Howard is going to ignite Twitter almost regardless of what happens. People but are just going to be obsessed. But that one Zion play. Zion dunking would, on, on Taco Fall would be. That would break Twitter. That would be the most Twittered. Play in college basketball history since I, Twitter became a thing. I, I actually think that that's would true. literally be the poster. Somebody would, would make the poster of that. Correct? It would be. It would be, on, be the poster. It would be on NBA draft night yes, everywhere. Correct. Yes, that is correct. Which is a good question. Is there like a specific play you can think of that? Chris Jenkins. That's what it is. You think it has the boom? Be. It has the bang. Yeah, or bang. Yeah, it, bang. it has to be. Yeah. Uh, that, I think would, that's probably right. This would be good. This would be really the, uh, good. The other one, maybe the Marshall Henderson uh, in front of the Clemson. Uh, I mean, that's Avengers, Auburn. That's, Auburn. Or Auburn. Fans, Auburn, yeah. yep. But, but that's, that's up there. That's a pretty good one, too. That's up there. But I, I think it, it has to be Christian. If you're talking especially just NCAA tournament, Chris Jenkins game winner is probably the one that's that set it up. Because, yeah. I mean, we never saw a, a true buzzer beater like that before. True. Uh, who's who's a tougher matchup for Duke coming out of that bottom bracket? Would it be LSU? Would it be Michigan State? Can we see I, how healthy Michigan State well, is? When they I get personally there, think it's LSU. I, I know it's a mess, but like that team is so talented, and I also think there's always just a little bit of that. It can, it could, this whole thing could crumble. But there's could also get, like when things get weird like that. Sometimes teams are just like, oh, screw it, it's us against the yeah, world, and we're something. blocking out everything. I want LSU to win the title. Out. I want LSU to win the title. And I, sometimes they rally yeah. around well, weird things and, like and that. In the SEC tournament, the technical foul was stupid for starters, but oh, that was a terrible. I, I still think that was more. That that was not on LSU gagging a game away. That was more on on Florida playing desperate and needing a win and getting a win. It was both. Like yeah, you could tell, okay. LSU's coaches were trying to figure it out because it was a new scenario. Like you had, you could see. Like somebody pointed out to me, you had assistant coaches handling the subs while the interim head coach was trying to like coach and. But then, like during the huddle, there were yeah, there were weird there dynamics. Were, it, it, so, but the thing is, I guess my point is, they didn't all of a sudden go. Well, our head coach isn't here. Oh, yeah, we're no, not going to no, show up no. and play. I they, thought they showed up and played. They played won at fun. home. They yeah. won at home the last game and. It's LSU is incredibly talented. Yep. They're I think they they probably are they probably I don't think it's probably they do have more individual talent than Michigan State. I agree. When you look at you know Nas, Reed, Reed Devontae, Smart, Smart. Uh, Tremont, uh, Tremont Waters, and even like Emmett Williams. Yeah, they're I definitely think Williams is a freak. Yeah, so I think it's definitely it's definitely LSU is the better matchup if you want to watch somebody try to, to slow down Duke. I think then. All right now, my, my next question, probably my final question, is I won't make you guys do a final four because it's just too daggone fluid and all that stuff. But if I gave you Duke or the field, field every day, I, I think every year it's that yeah. way, right? Like I just, don't, it's a one game scenario. I, I'm a, that's it's, why I'm asking like, the if question. If we're playing best of five series or something, it's, it's no question yeah. Duke. Even best of three series, it's no question Duke for me. I think, but in a one game scenario, basketball is just such a make or miss sport. Right, I'll give you Duke plus one fifty, the field minus one fifty. I'll, I'll, I'll take the field I'll still. A, I'll still put. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now yeah. here's here's my question. And I love Duke. I think they're dominant. Duke, uh, Duke, Virginia, Carolina, Gonzaga, Kentucky are the field. You get that group of five or the field. Oh, I'll take that group of five. That group of five. So you think it's coming from one of those five? Yeah, I mean, I I will pick Duke to win the national championship. Oh yeah, I don't know. It's it's. I, I think yeah. it's. I think those are the five. 
you know, obviously you throw Tennessee in there, that's that's easily the top six. There, there's always an outlier five. for a Final Four, right? There's going to be because it just always is, that's, at least the recent vintage. But the Final Four usually feels like it's the end of the line. I will say, what what would be your what would be your dream Final Four and dream championship game? If you get to actually say, here's I picked Duke, this, Duke Carolina or Duke Kentucky. I mean, to to me, the, the the dream Final Four would be Kentucky or Kentucky or Carolina. I can't put Virginia in a dream Final Four. I, I really like Tennessee. I'm going to put them in there. That would be the one I really like. And, boy, the bottom one. Dream, I want the bottom one to just – I want Nate Oates to make a run and just stick a middle finger up everybody. <laughs> you know what? I'd honestly like to see Virginia just make it, just so, like, we can have the storyline of our game. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, well, like, or just so we can have the conversations about them, like, being a legit team right, now and, right. like, talk about what they're going to do and how that's, you know, slowing it down and playing the pack line, all that stuff does work. and Like, it would just be fun to be able to talk about that right. during a Final Four weekend. So I would go Virginia, Kentucky, and that side, Duke, uh, Duke and Zag would be a rematch of a hell of a game, I, I boys. Think, I think Duke and Zag would I be think, the best match. I think that's my answer to yeah. Virginia. I mean, as much as I would love to see a Carolina Duke final because we've never seen something like that, I couldn't take everyone from New York and New Jersey who pretend to be Duke and Carolina fans. So I'll go Kentucky, Virginia, Gonzaga, Duke. I, I think that would be yeah kind of ideal. And and, and I'd like Duke UK finals. I mean, Duke UK final as cliche as it feels. That would be I mean what everyone thought preseason, but again. I think Virginia winning it would kind of be a cool storyline. Just the year after they lose to UMBC, and then you can what a great, you can what, really, what a great redemption, man. Then you can really just have that talk, talk of like, okay, well, not only that, but now what's the next thing that everyone starts picking on? Yeah, like it was three point shooting with Nova. It's pace with with Virginia. What's next? Yeah, what, what's the next thing that says you can't win? The freshmen hey, are already we'll knocked out. We'll, yeah. we'll be back around a one and done again. Yeah, 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 we're, 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 well, it'll cycle yeah. back. It cycles back. We'll, we'll, we'll go. They'll start allowing guys to go straight to the league. So then it'll be like uh, you, you can't win oh, yeah. with uh, veterans or yeah, something. That's you know? correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's correct. Hey, I, I, lastly, I do want to touch on Xavier. They did. Uh, they did take the NIT bid. They are the three seed or two seed. I'm drawing a blank. Three seed. Three seed. Taking yeah, on three. Toledo, the six seed. Texas is on their side. Um we talked a couple weeks ago about whether they should take it or not take it. The way they played at the end of the year, I think, more indicated that they should have taken this bid. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I never think there's much upside to play in the NIT. However, if I was Travis Steele, I would want to continue coaching these guys a little longer, keep this momentum going, keep things moving in a positive direction, and then it's not too much longer until you take that trip to uh, Spain at the end of August. So, you know, you just get a little bit closer to when you can do those 10 practices before that trip. Um, I'm sure he's anxious to get the group of freshmen and whoever else he's going to add to the roster in there so he can start practicing with them. But I think he wants to keep things rolling with these top four guys that are coming back with Najee, Paul, Quentin, and Tyreek. Do you think think you should have taken the bid? Yeah, I think it's just a terrible look if you don't, like... Listen, like, Xavier's not Duke, Kentucky, Carolina, where... Yeah, maybe they skip on NIT just because. But even then, like when Indiana skips, it's like, well, who do you think you yeah, are? Kentucky did it. With, they played Robert the, Morris. So right. They went so and took it. To me, it's just like I can I can understand if you're a true blue blood skipping it to a degree. It's still a bad look if you're not one of those teams and you're declining for whatever reason. It's an even worse look from a from a fan perspective because guess what? The headlines are Xavier turns down NIT bid for whatever reason. Um, I mean, I'll be honest. the I, optics I, just aren't great. 
I don't I don't know if I agree with that. I just don't think there's any upside to really playing in NIT. Like I don't think it does anything but hurts your brand in terms of like people just being like you played in the NIT. So like the longer you're advertised in the NIT, the more people remember you played yeah. in the NIT. I don't think it helps you with recruits or anything to be like, Oh no, no, we no, were no, on ESPN no. playing in the NIT. I'm saying just from a, a fan optics standpoint of uh, But but like let's say let's say you're just a little beat up or like let's say Xavier limped out of this year and literally so just shut down a player then. Now granted, you're not going to make the NIT if you lose out the way Xavier. Right. But let's say they sort of fluttered down the stretch, they won a few games but then lost the last three or whatever, and they're up seven seat. Like they're, you know, want to be one of the last teams at the NIT. I have no problem with them being like f this season. Yeah. I want to get out of here. We had three grad transfers. We had a short-handed roster. I just want to move on right. and start working on a roster. You just got to find a way to make that spin that. So I just think you say we're not like we're just not accepting it. I don't think it's that hard. I, I mean, I get where you're coming from because you could create storylines about like, oh, it's you know a fractured locker room or they don't that like just, the coach or something. Yeah, it's but. just one of those where it's just like. Who do you think you are? I yeah. think that's more from other fan bases. Though. I don't think well, your well, fan that's what base I mean. cares. Uh, I'll say this: like I know I would make fun of a if I heard a not Xavier, but if I heard like a random team turned down an NIT bid and it was a funny reason, I'd make fun of them on on a on a platform. Yeah, I, I think that's that's accurate. Like other teams, other fans right. would definitely make fun of you. That is a fact. It's just I, it's, I think I think there's no downside for Xavier to taking it this year for totally every reason you said. The fact that you get to host a couple games, or at least one game, at least maybe one a game, couple right. games. Yeah, um, I agree. There's no downside. For and this everyone kind of thought, up. like half, not even halfway through the year, first quarter of the year, like we're an NIT team. It was accepted. Then it was like, well, maybe, maybe, maybe we're not run. making the NIT. But it was always still there. <laughs> like it was still always there. Well, they take it's a not, CBI team at thirteen and seventeen, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> but it's not like uh, you know, it's not like they had some like oh, horrific close to the season where they went from projected top eight seed to now. NIT where I think that's yeah the fan base can get excited for the NIT at least yeah it'll be fun I think now. it'll be yeah. I think the fan base is okay like they're kind of excited to watch this team for a few more games they played well at the end of the season and played well enough um, in the Big East tournament I thought that the Villanova game was kind of a good cap to the season of like this is who this team should right. have been all along yeah, right. they don't have enough offense they're not as good as a team like Villanova they're gonna cough up leads at the end of games because they're trying to hold the ball and they can't score in those situations or whatever but they were physical as hell. They played hard as hell, and they defended like crazy for two straight games for forty-five straight minutes. Yeah. And it's like that's who they should have been all year. If they would have played like that earlier in the year, you're a they're a tournament team. Yeah, seat. I mean, yeah, you're right the Hawks. Yeah, all right. And exactly. they would have ever achieved had they ever gotten to that point defensively. But it took a long time to shake last year's team of run and gun and give the ball to Trayvon and JP and don't play any defense at all yeah. to like we've got to lock in on every possession and be tough now. And basically, they became UC at the end of the year, and that's what they should have been all season. All right, any final thoughts, or is that a final thought for you, Rick Warren? I think that's my final thought. That's well done. You can find his, report, his uh, information at musketeerreport.com every week with me on local12.com in the middle of the week for our Potpourri podcast. Riggs, any final thought from you? I, I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to it. I think this is, uh, heading into today, I thought it was the most interesting selection Sunday I can remember because we didn't know what was going on with the one seats. We always typically know what's going on with the top line. That's always way more intriguing to me than, than the bubble teams mm -hmm. because – that's who wins that's the thing. Right, yeah. right. So I, I, I'm, I'm interested because there's a ton of storylines. We touched on, we touched on pretty much all of them. So I tell you what, this is one. I think one of the more take Duke out of it, or if Duke loses, it's the most wide open NCAA tournament I can remember in quite some time. All right, he's Bobby Regan. You find his stuff at Barstool Sports. Your Twitter handle is Barstool Regs. R E A G S. There you go. Yep. Let's make sure we spell it out so people are going, I don't know how to spell <laughs> that thing out, for goodness sakes. All right, uh, we'll also talk with Chad Brendel uh, coming up uh, tomorrow on a separate podcast. We'll talk about uh, UC and the NCAA tournament. Of course, Rick and I will be back midweek with our Potpourri podcast. For Bobby Regan, 
And for Rick Boring, I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us. It's the Skinny Podcast presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati.